Welcome to the Gut Podcast. I'm Mary McLean, Senior Lecturer and Consultant in Gastroenterology at the University of Aberdeen, Scotland, UK. And in my capacity as Education Editor, I'm hosting this podcast today. This month I'm discussing the Editor's Choice Manuscript from the April 2015 issue. And this is presented by Professor Paolo Angeli and colleagues and is entitled Diagnosis and Management of Acute Kidney Injury in Patients with Cirrhosis. Revised Consensus Recommendations of the International Club of Ascites. This is a common clinical scenario, and there's been some debate surrounding this topic, so these recommendations were created by an international panel of experts. And I'm delighted to welcome Professor Paolo Angeli from the University of Padova in Italy, who represents this group today. So to start, can you outline the background to the paper and the reasons why these new recommendations were thought necessary? Yes, so I'm the secretary of the International Club of Ascites and as secretary of this association, uh, I propose to start a consensus process uh, more than uh, two years ago. The reason why I did so is the following. As a pathologist, uh, we have our own definition of acute kidney injury, but In the recent years, uh, the nephrologists uh, have proposed another definition, I mean the KDGO criteria. So it was essential to face our own definition with the KDGO criteria. And after having uh, performed several perspective uh, clinical studies comparing our own definition with the KDGO criteria, we decided to move to the KDGO criteria also for the definition of AKI in patient with cirrhosis. But we want to do it with an agreement among the most important experts worldwide on this point. And this was the aim of this consensus process. So what was the methodology that you employed in producing these recommendations? We started from a meeting that was organized by the International Club of Ascites in Venice in December 2012. There we decided to perform a perspective clinical study on the main issue I mentioned before. And after having performed and published this perspective clinical study, we wrote the first draft of the paper and we discussed in detail with all the experts worldwide this draft online. There were several drafts after the first one up to the final version of the manuscript. So I received more than 100 emails with comments on the several drafts of the paper we wrote up to the final version. This was the methodology that we followed. In addition, on the main discussed and controversial key point, I organized also face-to-face meetings with the involved experts on these points. So let's just think about the paper now. The manuscript starts by outlining the newly introduced global diagnostic criteria of acute kidney injury and discusses several issues regarding application of these criteria to patients with cirrhosis. So tell us about the main points raised in this section. I think that I want to highlight, first of all, that in 2015, uh, 
we are still using serum creatinine in the evaluation of renal function in patients with cirrhosis. This is not good, but this is what we have. We realize that serum creatinine is an approximate um, marker of renal function in patients with cirrhosis, uh, but uh, in the setting of AKI, we are using uh, a dynamic evaluation of serum creatinine, and this probably may limit the mistake that we can do using serum creatinine in the evaluation of renal function in these patients. So the recommendation suggests a change to the definition of the diagnosis of acute kidney injury in patients with cirrhosis. So can you talk about the points relating to appropriate baseline serum creatinine measurements as a basis for this diagnosis in patients with previously documented renal function? Yes, this is a critical point because you need to have two values of serum creatinine at least within one week. But in this way, you will lose a lot of patients with AKI because a lot of patients who develop AKI during the first day of hospitalization do not have a serum creatinine within last week. This is the reason why we think that we can accept as a baseline serum creatinine value also a value obtained during the last three months before the hospitalization. And what about patients who have no previous renal function analysis available? What's the recommendation in this scenario in patients with cirrhosis? Yeah, I think that most patients do not have, as I said before, serum creatinine evaluated during the last week before hospitalization. But probably many of them may have a value of serum creatinine during the last three months before the hospitalization. This is why we decided to take as baseline value any value of serum creatinine available during the last three months before hospitalization. This is a key point. This is also a critical point, not of consensus definition of patients with cirrhosis, but more in general of the KDGO criteria for the definition of AKI in the general population. So the paper reveals a new algorithm for the management of acute kidney injury in patients with cirrhosis, and this is outlined in figure one of the paper. So let's talk through this. The left-hand arm outlines the management of patients with stage one AKI, and firstly, what is the definition of stage one AKI, and how should this be managed? This is a very important point, and it was also a point that was very controversial in our consensus process, because there are two studies showing that most of patients with initial AKI stage one can reverse renal failure with a very simple therapeutic measure. I mean, for example, withdrawal of diuretic. So for this type of patient, what we suggest is to treat them soon with very simple measure. And in case of reversal of renal failure, to follow them closely because it has been shown that this patient, in spite of the reversal of renal failure, may have a lower probability of survival in the midterm. In case of progression of initial AKI stage 1 to where the AKI stage 2 or stage 3, 
this patient should receive a more aggressive therapeutic management. In case of uh, no reversal and no progression, uh, the therapeutical decision uh, is left uh, to the clinical judgment of the physician because no consensus was obtained on this specific point because there were some concern about an aggressive therapeutic management in this patient. I mean, if this patient has a NICI stage 1 that uh, meets the criteria for the diagnosis of hepatorenal syndrome, potentially the patient may be treated with terlipressin plus albumin, but we know that this is a treatment that may induce severe adverse effects. So no consensus was obtained on patient with initial stage one without reversal by very simple therapeutic measure and without progression to where the NAKI stage two or stage three. So secondly, the right-hand arm of the algorithm sets out a management plan for the cirrhotic patients with stage 2 or stage 3 AKI. So tell us a bit more about this. This patient should receive from the beginning a more aggressive therapeutic management based on the administration of high doses of albumin in order to differentiate hypovolemic AKI from uh, other phenotypes of AKI. In case uh, of reversible renal function by albumin, uh, everything is fine. In case uh, of no reversal of renal failure, uh, the patient uh, should be tested uh, for all criteria for the diagnosis of HRS. And if the patient will meet this criteria, he will receive the telepressin plus albumin or other vasoconstrictors plus albumin. So you mentioned passerino syndrome. So how does this diagnosis fit into the revised criteria? And are there any changes to the proposed diagnostic or management strategies for this particular diagnosis? I think that is a, a very important point. By this new criteria for the definition of AKI, we changed the diagnostic criteria for HRS in the setting of AKI. I mean, for the definition of HRS AKI, there is no more need of any cutoff value of serum creatinine. So the old definition of Taiwan HRS that requires that serum creatinine goes beyond 2.5 milligram DL was completely removed. And this, in our mind, makes it possible to treat a patient with HRS AKI more timely than before. And we hope to obtain a higher rate of response to the treatment since it has been observed that, that the higher baseline serum creatinine value, the lower rate of response to the treatment. So overall, what do you think are the main advantages associated with the use of this new diagnostic criteria and treatment algorithm? The main point is a more timely treatment of all types of AKI and in particular of HRS in the setting of AKI. 
And finally, what do you think the future holds for this topic? Um, what do you feel are the key areas that require focus from a research perspective? I think that the main point is to prove that the new algorithm will improve the rate of response of the management of AKI, in particular of HRS AKI. But there is another important point that we need to develop new biomarkers in order to differentiate better than we are doing now HRS AKI from AKI related to an acute tubular necrosis that is intrinsic AKI. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I'd just like to thank Paolo and Jelly for joining me today. Thank you very much. Thank you.